Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's my pleasure to announce the 2020 winner of the Hurt Trophy, the Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl hammers it home. Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto with a help. Dylan Holloway, University of Wisconsin. We have a star in the making right now for the Edmonton Oilers. Now we've got a wild scrum with fights breaking out all over the place. Jason's looking like he's picking the right time to get hot here. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. They're a really good team. Um, you know, we know that. And just trying to go out there and show that every game. I'm James Neal. Start on this. Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers. This is the battle of Alberta we've been waiting for for three decades. That's Smith, Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Unbelievable. Brought to you by Digitex. Manage print services to keep your printing costs down. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. What a stop made by Miko Koskinen. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official station of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 Chad. question about that. Welcome everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you. This is Oilers Now, the day after Team Canada loses a heartbreaker to the United States 2-0 in the gold medal game of the World Junior Championship. This is Oilers Now. Just got back from uh, Oilers practice. I was just thinking, uh, Brendan Escott, maybe edge. I mean, that song is now 40 years of age, but when you played it, the immediate response I had was, now did I, was it was it the Thunderdome or, or was Goose Looney's or Barry Cheese? I was trying to remember, where did I have that pounding headache from back in the day that stayed with me for, I don't know, at that age, probably about uh, 40 minutes. These days, it'd be about six days. Uh, anyhow, uh, this is Oilers Now. Tell me why, oh, why did we open up with a little bit of ACDC to open up the show? Today? Malcolm Young's uh, born this day in 1953. There you have it. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Lots to get to in the first hour. Obviously, uh, our top story uh, today, uh, the day after Team Canada loses the gold medal game in the United States, the top story brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home and no payments, no interest for one year. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Uh, heartbreaker for Canada. 
Canada. Uh, we'll have John Shannon coming up along with uh, David Staples and James Myrtle. John Shannon's appearances brought to you uh, twice a week by Legacy Heating and Cooling with no overtime rates on 24-7 service repairs. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. Well, the Legacy uh, for Team Canada was uh, for our top story. You know what? They had a pretty good goal. There's no question about that. Some dominating numbers. Didn't give up an even-strength goal. I was at the game last night. Um, Canada had a good start. We're out shooting the U.S. at 1.74. And then the Americans got the forecheck going, their speed, their quickness. And Canada hadn't really faced competition at that level the entire tournament. The Americans got a break. I mean, the deflection goal by Terracott, the turnover goal off a face-off win right at the start of period number two, and Canada was chasing at that point. And Team Canada was um, uh, in the proverbial crapper for a few minutes uh, in the course of that game. Um, they got their feet moving. They kind of got boxed out a little bit. I think you got to give the U.S. credit. They obviously had a very good game plan. Uh there's no fault of Canada's as to who ended up in their pool. It's not like the gods at the IIHF go, okay, well, it's in Canada, so we're going to give them three easy games and one semi-challenging game against uh, Finland. It's just the way that the seedings work in the tournament. Uh, but ultimately, you know, Canada played Russia and smoked them 5 nothing. Uh, maybe they peaked one game too early. Give credit where credit's due. The United States are completely capable, in my opinion, of beating Canada at any given time. That said, a lot of the American the Americans had eight players back for their second tournament. Uh, Canada had just six. And the Americans' top offensive players were better than Team Canada's in that game. Spencer Knight, you know, made... Probably one more save than uh, uh, Devin uh, Levi made. I mean, uh, they got the deflection goal from Turcott, and then the uh, sort of a bit of a break on the second goal. Canada hit, you know, Bowen Byram hit a goal post. I guess ultimately what this reinforces, I'll say it once, I'll say it 947 times, okay? Single elimination tournaments, anything can happen. The best teams often don't win. I know some of you, I don't want to hear about the U of A, but I did the University of Alberta Golden Bears games for 13 years. They have consistently the top program in the country, okay? In those 13 years, Alberta won six national championships. The three best teams that I called during those 13 years did not win the national title, okay? It's the way it is. It's how it works. They won six out of 13 pretty damn good, right? But the three best teams they had, that's the nature of a single elimination tournament. I think of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I had this conversation with one of the greatest players in the history of the game, okay? Just in the last four hours, you know, you lost in 85-86. You're a pretty dominant team in stretches during the course of the regular season. I know the Flames took it to you late in the regular season. But you lost four times in that series. You lost in seven. And then you won uh, in 88, and the team won again in 1990. Some people thought maybe Edmonton wasn't going to beat Boston those years. But that's the nature of sport. You know, that's why yesterday, you know, if I was a real jerk, Brendan, as I bring you into this conversation on Team Canada, if I was a real jerk, I would have replayed the part with Mark Spector, who joins us Tuesday and Friday with Horse Racing Alberta. Um, They helped make that happen for us. I would have had you replay the part where Speck talked about the fact that he expected Canada to win with by four or five goals. You don't know. You know what I mean? You don't know. Because, and it's not that I'm superstitious, or it's just the reality. Those of you that are involved in sport know that sometimes, I would even say, like, 
based on what we saw last night, was Canada better than the U.S. in this tournament? What do you think, Brendan? Oh, man. I mean... It looked to me like the way, like you said, the game plan executed by the United States last night was was absolutely textbook. It suffocated anything that Canada had going. I don't necessarily know that you can look at a roster on paper that has um, an entire fleet of first-round picks and say that the Americans were necessarily better. Uh, but, boy, they had a, an awful tough time generating any of the kind of offense that we saw the success with throughout the previous part of the tournament. And to me, Bob, they couldn't move the puck east and west in the offensive zone all night and that was a huge problem for the Canadians so is that skill by USA or is that executing a really well thought out game plan I think you got to give the Americans I think they had a lot of skill in their top six okay uh, they got Turcotte, Zgrass, Caulfield those guys are probably going to be top six NHL forwards the suggestion like I know what they had accomplished goals for goals against Team Canada in the in the tournament the suggestion that you know, amongst the great—I mean, if they win the—if they—if they win the championship, then they're like the other. How many times has Canada won it? Like 16, 17? I don't know how many times they won it. They won it a lot. Um, you know, you're always—you're always ranked against those teams that win. But just think back for the listeners right now. I'm just going to throw something at you right here, right now. We had the lockout in 0405 for the entire year. Team Canada got Patrice Bergeron back from the NHL. He played the previous season in Boston. Okay, that would be akin to Canada getting back Kirby Doc. You know, and and people say, well, Stoffer, you know, Doc, you know, hasn't proven anything. Bergeron was the Bergeron of 2004 was not the Bergeron of 2011. Like he matured and developed and actually overcame serious injury to do so. But it was a huge get for Team Canada. But was there a Sidney Crosby? On this team, uh, that team also featured in 0405 Jeff Carter, pretty good player. Mike Richards, pretty good player. Ryan Getzlaff, pretty good player. Corey Perry, like those guys are all um, at their height. Like Mike Richards, and it was short lived, but the rest of those guys have all been top six guys in their NHL career. Okay, first line players for the majority of their career. I'm looking at this Team Canada squad. I'm saying, all right, well, Cousins is going to be a top six guy. If Doc had been there, he'll be a, a first or second line center. Quinton Byfield, in time, will be one. He might be a bit like Shifley in the Nugent Hopkins draft, where, you know, bigger, rangier guy takes a little bit longer to develop. I'll tell you one thing that I'm not doing. I'm not blaming the kids. It's a 2 nothing game. Um, any Like, that's what I mean. It's, you, unfortunately... If Canada had lost in four straight and two of the games had been five nothing, then hammer away. Be that person if you want. But a two nothing loss in one game, I think most people are mature and educated enough in the game and understand fundamentally in sport. You know, Canada could have won that game two nothing. They could have. The one thing they did do all tournament long is they came out and smacked teams in the mouth right at the opening. They scored early in every game. And their speed got on teams. Well, last night, that was the U.S. The U.S. took over that game. And you could, being in the building, you could feel it. Looking down at the Team Canada bench, you could see it, right? They puckered a bit, uh, dealing with, dealing with something that they hadn't dealt with yet. So I, still a terrific tournament. It's, the, the worst part about the tournament was not Canada, uh, getting to the gold medal and losing to nothing. 
The worst part about the tournament is we're all stuck in this COVID-19 world and people didn't get a chance to participate as fans because I do think it could have helped pick up Canada during some stressful times. That I 100% believe. So uh, let's hope we get back to some form of normalcy here uh, carrying forward. Again, that's our top story brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of no payments, no interest for one year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Into the Oilers now, Audio Vault. Uh, both Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl's lines were on the ice over at Nate, the final day at Nate today. They did a great job over there hosting everybody by the way. Just wanted to point that out. And, um, Dreisaitl, the first player on the ice, kind of made me chuckle. Guy's the Radiant Heart Trophy winner. He's the first skater out there. It's kind of just makes guy feel good uh anyhow uh you know pace quickened a little bit more just as we work our way through things we're going to go to the owners now audio vault for direct workwear supporting local and canadian manufacturers in edmonton and online at directworkwear.com dave tippett had these comments following practice late yesterday afternoon on the line combos at camp you got to try to get a little bit of uh, continuity, and and uh, so we've we've thought about that. You know, on the on the forwards, you're looking at different pairs. You know, you got Drysaddle and Yamamoto, and then you got uh, McDavid and and uh, uh, Nuge. So you're looking at you're looking at some pairs. You know, we've uh, I've put uh, Tourists and Puliarvi together that I like that pair so far. So we'll we'll kind of tinker here. The we've got one more day of practice and then two full scrimmages. So. I would say with the short camp, you're certainly trying to trying to get as much knowledge as you can, and you're trying to find some continuity. But the reality is, uh, you're probably not going to know until you're a few games into the season where where all the parts uh, start to fit the best. Total wild card for the Oilers is yes, the Poliarvi. Like realistically, the 56 game schedule, and I'm just going to fire this your way. I mean. If Turris gets the Oilers 10 to 12 goals, if Pugliarvi can get the team 10 or 12 goals, um, if Archibald can get double-digit goals, there's three guys there. Maybe Cahoon gets double-digit goals. Now you're up to four. Maybe Innes chips in double-digit goals. That's five guys. Chase on double-digit goals. I'm talking 10 to 12 goals. That'll help out your 5v5 play. Pugliarvi is an important player. Now, if he succeeds far beyond that, it, you know, it could be a big home run having Pugliarvi come back. Um this is Dave Tippett's thoughts on helping Pugliarvi succeed in the NHL. You know, I don't know a lot of the details of uh, where it was before, but I just look at Jesse, the the tape that I'd watched uh, of him. I think there's a, a good hockey player there. And he was a young player and, uh, you know, probably thrown into some situations early and uh, and struggle with it, which happens with a lot of players that, that come in too early. So my conversations were just about... Uh, how he'd gained confidence in playing over there, um, what he thought of coming back to the NHL, the challenges that, that uh, were in place. And he, he talked very openly about some of the, uh, you know, he put it on himself that he, uh, he didn't handle things very well. He, uh, his expectations were higher than they probably should have been. And he's just matured as a, as he's a matured as a young man and matured as a, as a player. Uh, his English is a lot better now. He speaks uh, very good English, but uh, you know my my interactions with him were just just pretty honest. And he's a good player that he he should be playing in our league, and we think he'd be a good fit in our team. And come back and just restart it, and we'll see where it goes. And so far, and I've only seen him for a couple of days here playing. He looks like a really good player, but he's come back. He's he's smiling. He looks like he enjoys the game. So. 
you know, hopefully it's a good fit and uh, he comes in and plays very well for us. The smile on the face often dictates a lot. Uh, attitude often dictates altitude. You got a positive attitude, you work hard. You know what? Generally speaking, more times you end up succeeding in that situation, regardless of what may occasionally occur in the short term, in the long haul, if you're prepared to dig and grind. Um, and I'm not saying he's going to be a grinder. I'm saying working on your craft, being the first player on the ice, firing backhanded passes to spots on the ice, you know, like the reigning Hart Trophy winner did this morning. Uh, there's a reason why something's happened for you. All right, well, let's hear from Yessa Pogliarvi in the Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct work where he had this to say and what's improved in his game. For sure, a lot. Uh, I think uh, my strength, how I can protect the puck, that's uh, one thing for sure is uh, helps small eyes a lot. And I think just like confidence with the puck and I can play like North Northern Pack game. I think that's there's a couple of things, but I think for sure it's better. All right, uh, Poliarvi went on to say uh, this about finding success on a smaller ice surface over here in North America. I think that's like uh, this is like 24/7. You have to be professional and just like be being healthy, work hard, and. You, you get older, you get, I think you can prove all the time yourself and try to be best of yourself. And that's what I try to every day to do, be a better hockey player. And that's, I think, be, take those small areas what makes you better player. And Paul Yarby added this additional comment on his improved English. For sure, a lot. Uh, my English is better in and communication like coaches, uh, players is different and yeah, it helps a lot. Of course, you speak better, you play better. When you've uh, gotten into your fifth decade uh, uh, and come to terms and realization and look at your life sometimes, you go, okay, well, what do I wish that I'd maybe not done uh, when I was younger that could have helped me out more? And there's a couple things, Brent, you're going to laugh at this. I never learned, I should have taken typing in high school. I never, you know, because I'm a, what do they call that? A, a, a hunter, a hunt and pecker when it comes to typing. You know what I mean? Like I'm just not natural. I can maybe do, I don't know, 45 words a minute at the most, you know? And then the other thing is, I wish I learned how to speak French. Seriously, for the industry that I'm in, that's the one. Can you speak French, by the way, Brendan? Can you speak a second language? I took it to grade 12, but not any further. So it's, it's been lost. Yeah, and that's one of the – and so I can't imagine what it would be like being Finnish and trying to learn English. Uh, and the biggest thing that's going to help him is being here and being integrated with his teammates and those sort of things. Just on Paul Yarby's return to the team, here's Darnell Nurse. Yeah, yes, he's looked great. Um, you know, he's he's huge. Like, you look out there, he's one of the, he's the biggest guy on the ice. Um, has the hands to go with it, and, you know, he uh, he wants to play that 200-foot game. I think he came back hungry to uh, – to play a, a complete 200 foot game. And I mean, he's obviously he was drafted in the position that he was drafted in because of what uh, he could potentially become. And um, you see him out there, he's got all the tools and uh, the right attitude. So it's exciting, I think, for everyone to, to see Yessi back. Huge year for him, needs to establish himself as a top nine forward. He's off to a good start. It is early in training camp, but to this point, he looks better. 
stronger in the puck, et cetera. And I cannot reiterate this point more. He's got that smile on his face. You know, there was times towards the end of the 18-19 season when he was still playing because he got shut down at one point. But uh, you could tell, you could see a bit of the confusion. He looks to be at a way better place. But that's from afar. We're not in there in the minutiae around the players on a day-to-day basis. So that's uh, Switch Focus. Let's get to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Wishing you and yours a safe and happy holiday season. And, of course, as we are now into the new year, the best in the new year. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Drew Shamahorn and his staff and back in the 630 Chad Studios with some information on a television deal for the Edmonton Oilers. Mr. Escott? Sportsnet announcing a multi-year extension on the broadcast deal, both with the Oilers and the Flames, uh, meaning it'll still be the same process for you. However, you were tuning into Oilers action before. Uh, that will be the same moving forward here. They didn't release the length of it, uh, so I don't know if I want to delve there, but uh, we do we do have have a confirmation it is a Sportsnet uh, broadcast extension with the Oilers. Columbus and uh, forward Oliver Bjorkstrand agreeing on a five-year contract extension. That's worth $27 million. Locks him up through the 2025-26 season. Third rounder from 2013 at 36 points in 49 games last year. And Nashville extending Luke Cunning for two years, $2.3 million per season. He was acquired from Minnesota on October 7th as part of a trade for Nick Bonino. Benino, Benino, Benino. There you have it. All right, it's 1227 in Edmonton. John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling coming up at 1235 after a uh, global news weather traffic update with uh, one of the uh, best voices in the city of Edmonton, Eileen Bell, up next. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.